Welcome back to the Dad and Rock Podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, we are here again, and it's officially Christmas time. I'm going to count this as our Christmas episode, even though we've been talking about Christmas all month. But this will be the last one for for a couple of weeks, right? We're going to take a little holiday break. Yeah, we ha- well, it's been the first time we've done that. Well, granted, it's only the second Christmas where we've been shooting our... Uh... Out of the many, many two years that we've been in operation. <laughs> yeah, well, this is going to be our first really break. We haven't really taken yeah. a week off before. So uh, the fact that my wife has pretty much put her foot down and said, no podcasting, no video podcasting, you are taking a break. Uh, <laughs> pretty much told me I'm not doing anything besides this one. <laughs> break yourself, fool. I Actually, I need to do a 24-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we start going. I'll do a marathon. Oh, just a spider. you <laughs> <laughs> do it from the yard, broadcasting from the doghouse. Oh, man. So uh, how's, your, how's your week been, man? What have you been up to since we talked last? Uh, it's been really good. We've got a bunch of stuff going on here with our family. My mother flew in from New Jersey. Uh, which Jersey. sounds Yeah, which sounds very dangerous with all the COVID stuff. But she actually said that she was barely around anyone in the Philadelphia airport. You know how busy that typically is. Yeah. Um, so she was able to keep her distance from everybody. She did, you know, sit on the plane, but she had her mask on the whole time. And when she landed, there was barely anybody at our, our airport. And, you know, there were people, but she was able to keep her distance. So not, it wasn't like a crowd, like you're, you know, walking through the mall or something. So we brought her home and she got to see our new house for the first time, which is really nice. And uh, we've done some shopping and she's been baking cookies like a crazy person. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who she thinks she's baking for. We're only a few people in this house, but I swear, trays and trays and trays of cookies. And then we went to actually go see my brother. We drove, uh, my mom and I drove to Scott Air Force Base near St. Louis yesterday, uh, Sunday. And we had a great time. I saw my brother. He's 12 years younger than me. He's in the Air Force. Uh, my mom hadn't seen him in two years, so we got to basically spend the day with him in his uh, apartment on base and just kind of chilled out, watched TV, hung around, took some pictures, hung out with his dog. He's got a German Shepherd. Uh, really sweet, like eight-month-old giant puppy of a German Shepherd. <laughs> um, had pizza. It was a good time. Then we uh, had the three-hour drive home after that. I was going to say, was that a day trip? Yeah, it was pretty much an entire day. I mean, we left in the morning. The drive is about three and a half to four hours both ways. So we got there. We hung out for a majority of the day, like maybe five or six hours, then left his place about six or seven o'clock. And, you know, we crossed time zones. So it was uh, longer heading back, you know, it took uh, that extra hour it was tacked on mm-hmm. during the uh, drive home. And my mom, she had the idea. She was, we were just talking, listening to Christmas music. And, you know, you know, a lot of Christmas music is like upbeat, but some of it is like really drawn out at like the crooners yeah. and slow and little twinkles and jingle bells kind of lull you like they're almost like <laughs> lullabies. And I was like, Mom, this is not going to do. It's dark out here. I'm driving. <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep on the road here. So she's like, too bad we can't watch Christmas movies while I'm driving. We could watch Christmas Vacation or something. So, of course, you know, I've got unlimited data. And I was like, well, <laughs> just maybe, put it on. maybe we can. So I pulled up Voodoo on the phone and just had it sitting there in the front. You know, I wasn't watching a movie while I was driving. But she, she was watching it. I was listening to it. Had it playing through the Bluetooth. And we basically watched uh, the entirety of Christmas Vacation on the drive home. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, the way to pass the time. Yeah, it was. It was a you know nice hour, 45 minute, almost two hour block of time out of that drive and got home. But, you know, she's here and she's here until uh, January 4th or 5th. And we're just uh, having a good time. Awesome. We had the, well, I had something violent happen uh, due to you in our bet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah we went live what was it on uh saturday afternoon and yeah man 
I mean, I, I'm so disappointed that the, my camera kind of paused on me because we missed the initial impact. Of all the times, of all the, like, two seconds to, to go still, it was so weird that it just happened at the perfect time to not get the moment of impact. Dude, I she hit me so hard. <laughs> and not only did she hit me with it, she, like, swooshed it around my face and on top of my head oh, and everything. Oh, my lord. She went all in on this thing, so... And at this point, my eyes are pretty much closed. I mean, there's not much going on. I like, I, I can sense where people were. Yeah. I like, okay, Zach. Zach, Zach didn't hold back either. <laughs> I mean, no. he hit me pretty hard too. He did. You could and see the uh, the whipped cream, like you know, fly away splatter. from your face. Yeah. yeah, big big old splatter. Oh, then Skylar was like, "Daddy, I'm scared." I'm like, okay, just hit me. Just. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> she just kind of pushed it on your face. Oh she, man, she didn't want to do it. For future reference, when we do when we do this thing, I think this is going to be done again. Yeah. Ready whip is not the way to go. The canned one. Yeah. Because that stuff spoils so fast. Oh no! I was smelling it. Ew! All <laughs> night. Was it like, just like I, too liquidy? Ready with yeah. is kind of running. I mean, it was in my. I was pulling it out of my ears. Oh no! I was pulling like crust out of my ears and out of my hair. Even after the shampoo, I went into the bathroom like three hours later, and like scrubbed my goatee <laughs> because I could still like. I mean, I think even the the cream got up my nose. Yeah. And I was like, I just couldn't get it out, and that's what I was smelling. It was man, it was rough. Did you <laughs> do both Cool Whip and Ready Whip, or just Ready no. Whip? She went straight ready whip. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, she didn't put any cool whip in it. She went ahead and bought like four or five cans of this stuff. Got <laughs> got one of the pre-made crusts and kind of yeah. went all around in it. Then she made crust for the two little ones. Yeah. Oh, all all three of the pies had had crust in them. And wow. Yeah, I was uh, I was very aware of it. Could you feel? <laughs> was the was it heavier uh, with the crust in there? Could you feel the crust hitting your face? Oh, you can absolutely. I felt <laughs> the crust crumble around my face when he, she hit me with it. Man, yeah. So go ahead and check out our video. It's on our YouTube page. Uh, like we said, it you know kind of the phone cuts out a little bit, but it is kind of funny the way it is because you see Janessa kind of walking up towards you and pie in hand. Yeah, pie in hand, and then we hear the audio. We hear the impact, and you hear you laughing and the big old smack and splatter, and then we immediately we see the aftermath, and your face is just covered, <laughs> <laughs> like your entire head is covered. Oh, and know what? Even though it, I, I'm, I'm the one that got hit by it, that was a ton of fun. I've never <laughs> been pied in the face before. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that we did it and we followed through with it and there was, like, no backing out, that was fun. That, yeah, we, that we, may be a, a repercussion for losers down the road. <laughs> we have we even had a comment on the YouTube channel on, on the video. commenter said that uh, this should be the new, new challenge. We, this should go viral where people should just be hitting each other with pies in the face like they used to in the old uh, serials. Oh man, that that was fun. Uh, yeah, and that let me see. Well, that that was Saturday, uh, and later actually that day. I mean, after I I cleaned up and everything, we decided you know we're gonna go ahead and take the kids to see Santa. Oh yeah, uh, they haven't seen him uh, this year. Skyler seen him at school, but actually they didn't go sit with him. So we went down, sat down with him. Uh, you know, he was sitting off to the side. There was like a little stool for the kids to sit on, mm-hmm. and he was talking to him. And you can everything was. I mean the. Even the whole like environment that they usually do wasn't even done up like it normally was. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and we typically don't go to this Santa. We usually go to the one over at the green that's basically behind our house. Yeah. And he wasn't even there. Oh, no. So he, they didn't even do their Santa thing there this year. Yeah, I've been at a couple of malls just for uh, kind of onesie-twosie shopping for things. 
And they have Santa there. I think the timing is limited. And, of course, kids are not sitting on, you know, Santa's lap. It's very distant. Santa's wearing a mask. Uh, It's a very fancy mask, but it's still a mask. And I think you take pictures where the kids are, like, standing six feet in front of Santa. So you get, like, this forced perspective kind of thing. It's just we didn't even take Verona this year. And that's something we do every year. So it just didn't happen this year. Zach was asking about it. Yeah. With him asking about it, it was like, okay. Since you're specifically, you know, you're mentioning you want to go see him, we got it. We had to go see him. Right. So, I mean, we went and we did our thing and he enjoyed it. And we were out. And that was about I mean, 20 minutes north of where we are, maybe give or take. And Janessa's like, how about we see if there's any like these drive through light shows we can go see? Yeah. And she found it. I was like, man, it took another 20 minutes away. But it's like, you know, we're this far out. Let's just, let's just go. It was only like six o'clock. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's drive out to Xenia. So we went out and we seen one, apparently, like the local police chief puts on at the, uh, like one of these big parks. He basically decorates one of the uh, gazebos and does a show. Mm-hmm. And it runs from, for basically four hours. It's like an hour long show because it just keeps on going through new, you know, different things. Okay. And uh, that was, that was okay, but it was essentially what someone could do with their house. I see. And that's what you drove out to see? Yeah, that was one of them. And that, that was another one was, uh, was like a full like drive through thing where yeah, you're driving under the lights and you got yeah. the things on each side. Right. Uh, all the displays. So that was a little bit further out, maybe another 10 minutes out. Okay. So we figured we're 20 minutes out. Why? What's another 10? Let's just go ahead and check this one out. And that was that was worth the drive. Yeah, here in Louisville, it's something I kind of want to do, but we'll see if we have time for it while my mom's here. They have something called Lights Under Louisville, and it's a big cave system that's kind of near our zoo uh, where you actually drive through a cave, and inside the cave, it's all done up with a light show and music, uh, which is pretty cool. I've been through it once, and it was it was kind of traumatic because this was like years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago now. But my wife and I went through, and my wife couldn't figure out how to turn off the headlights for her Matrix for her car. Um because it's like one of those things where it had like automatic sensors and we were flipping yeah. through all the settings on the lights. And if the car just senses that it's dark, it's got its lights on, you know, so we couldn't manually like shut it off. So we just were like we kept getting yelled at basically by the patrons and the the workers there. They were like, please turn your lights off. You're ruining the experience for the people in front of you. <laughs> and we were like, I don't we don't know what to do. But we were stuck. I mean, once you're in there, you just have to like keep going. It's like a drive through, you know what I mean? Um, so that was traumatic enough for us. If we go again, we'd have to de- we definitely have to be in a vehicle where we know how the heck to turn the lights off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's something that they have down here. Maybe the, you guys can uh, head down here one year. We could all do that together. Uh, is it the Louisville Caverns? Um, I think I think the Mega Caverns. I don't know if that's the same thing. There's here in Kentucky, there's a ton of cave systems. Yeah. I liked one of them, so it's like it had like zip lines and everything in it. Yeah, it's like one of those things I kind of wanted to hit up when we, you know, maybe one point. Yeah, but I've seen them advertising. But uh, yeah, let me see. What was the one last thing? Oh, okay. So you know how I used I used to love playing Risk, and you hated playing Risk against me or with me for that matter. I like the game of Risk, but it, they just just lasted too dang long, man. <laughs> I lost interest. <laughs> they they have improved it. Oh, They've good. Got the, I, well, I just bought a new one, and they actually have something called Mission Risk as well. Okay. But you need at least three people for that. I see. So you'd either like say occupy 34 territories or eliminate all the red you know, pieces or, and that's how you win if that's your mission. Okay. Uh, Zach and I decided we were going to play. and It was his very first time playing. Mm-hmm. And we're playing and rolling the dice and you know explaining to him how we get things and he's enjoying it. Definitely when he's winning he you know, oh, sure. battles, he's loving it. Yeah. But I got him so tunnel visioned. Like he had like a massive army on like North Africa. Right. And so I put a few big ones. Next thing I know, he's putting like cannons. 
he's putting like massive amount of armies here. So he would fight me, and then I'd be able like to reinforce him a little bit. Yeah. And then I'd be fighting elsewhere, and then I would say like basically I beat him all the way out of like South America. I spread <laughs> all the way up. Took North America. Yeah. Already had Australia. Because that's always my go-to. Right. So I'm getting all these reinforcements from owning these continents. And the next thing he knows it, I'm going from Alaska across into, you know, to Asia. Yeah. And then I almost have him circled. And he and then he's like, whoa, what, what just happened? He was paying so much attention to one spot. Yeah. He didn't realize that I had him locked in there. And I was going, I was doing other things. Oh my God! You show no mercy either when you're playing. No, even no, with your own boy, you're not going to show any mercy. <laughs> I'm different. I'm kind of a sucker when I'm playing board games with Verona. You know, if I have the option of dropping down the skip or the draw four or something on her, I might just put down the yellow card and spare or that kind of thing. Um, we actually played Sorry this weekend, so you know you have the option of either bumping her back to her home or not. I'm usually kind of nicer, and um, because I just. You know, when she loses, she takes it super hard. When she wins, she gets super excited. I'm like, what the hell do I care if I win a stupid board game? Anyway, we're just having fun. But uh, you're you're a little different. You're a little more cutthroat. Oh my! See, Zach would be the same way though. Yeah, he gets upset when he loses, but when he's winning, there is no mercy at all. <laughs> like he was loading. Like he basically took all of Africa. Yeah, because he was like putting like before I realized that he had like have like thirty armies in one area, going after like my five. <laughs> that I'm just putting there just to make him think that I'm caring about the spot. Yeah. But he's just blasting them. I mean, just going at me full force. And as soon as he realizes the strategic portion of risk. Right. That's when this game board may get flipped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, as I even told him, so there's another one. This, this game doesn't come with that specific version of it, but it's called Capital Risk as well. Okay. And what you do is you get your cards and you get your, your actual territories. And then each person actually would designate what their capital is. Mm. And you can either win by uh, world domination. Right. Or you can eliminate a player by taking their capital and holding it for more than two turns. Oh, okay. So that can shorten the game quite a bit as well. Yeah. Now, I think that version is everyone kind of interprets that version a little differently. I don't know if that's a sanctioned version. Right. <laughs> but uh, it makes it a little more fun. It gives you an objective to go after something rather than just domination. Yeah, you were bigger on board games than I was pretty much throughout our whole childhood. I've never been a huge fan. I know our mutual friend Katie. I mean, every time we're over her house, she wants to bring out a board game. She's got a huge collection of them. Um, you know, I stuck to some classics like Uno, which is, you know, technically a card game and some other stuff. But like Monopoly was always too long. I'd always get yeah. bored. Risk, I really enjoyed Risk, like starting a game of Risk. But then you and I would constantly have to just like walk away from it and like try to keep it on a table or something in your bedroom it and never not, worked. not touch it. Never worked. <laughs> nope, never worked. But yeah, I can see the value of that. And playing with our kids is something that's, that's fun. Anything to get them off the dang tablet, man. Even though they're doing the same thing, at least they're interacting a little bit more and not staring at a screen. So I'm for it. Yeah, I played some Guess Who with Skylar tonight. That's always fun because she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Then There's she some... gets so mad. It's like she answers my my questions correctly, and I'm putting all the characters down right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, her whole board flips closed. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> Verona will, will constantly try to, like, get up and take a, a take a sneak peek at my card to, to see what I got. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there, there's no mercy in me on either side. I'm no. not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but... <laughs> Probably a good thing because you're preparing them for real life. Real life's not going to show them any damn mercy <laughs> not playing the care. game of yeah, life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I mean, while we're playing board games with our kids, we've talked about this in the past. We both love us some Christmas movies. Yeah, we do. I think there's there's some very obvious Christmas movies. You have, you know, your Muppets Christmas Carols. You have Scrooged. Any Christmas Carol Ebenezer variation. Any yeah. adaptation. <laughs> oh, Muppets Christmas Carol for me, and I'll say this. I'll be, I'm, this may be controversial. That is the best version of a Christmas Carol. He's my favorite Scrooge. Yeah. I think he's the best Scrooge, and then just adding the Muppets amplifies it. I, 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 I can't, I can't watch any other version of a Mupp, uh, of a Christmas Carol. How many other versions of a Christmas Carol have you watched, though? I have watched the originals. Oh, I don't know the, the black and white one. Okay, Alistair Sim. Okay. Uh, I've watched Disney's version with like the Mickey and all them. Oh, okay, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey's version. Yeah. And uh, I have not watched Scrooged. That's on my oh, list of what what to watch. I know you bust me every time I say that it every breaks year. Breaks my heart. But uh, Scrooged is something that I got. Scrooge is kind of its own thing because he's not Ebenezer. He's a guy named Frank Cross. And even though it is the Christmas Carol story, it's so different from all the other versions. You can almost classify it as its own thing. So I, I invite you some year, maybe this year, to watch it at some point. I do agree with you. I mean, Muppet Christmas Carol is one of my top ones. But for me, it's probably the George C. Scott version. But Anyway, we're getting away from this. We're not even talking about Christmas movies. We're talking about the movies that take place during Christmas and that, are considered to be not the Christmas controversial movies. Christmas movies. Yeah, there you go. Either you nice think they're Christmas movies or you don't think they're Christmas movies. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the easiest way and the best way to start this is you. I could not find a clear definition of what a Christmas movie is. Sure. I have one. I put a Christmas movie is a movie that was intended to be a holiday movie. I think that's okay. a pretty good one. That, that, but that's my interpretation. There's another one out there that says a Christmas movie is a film that we revisit with friends and family at Christmas time, not for the holiday content, but simply for pure escapism and entertainment value. That is vague. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that could be anything from A Muppet's Christmas Carol to The Terminator. Yeah, I mean, it could be The Wizard of Oz, like something that's a family film and not necessarily anything to do with Christmas, but people like watching together with your family, like a classic. So yeah, that is very vague. Yeah. So I don't know if we should really either go with either of these. I mean, <laughs> well, what what is your? These are a couple of definitions that you found. What is your definition of a? Well, the one of them was mine. That movie? was my definition. A movie that yeah. was intended to be a holiday movie. Yeah. What I mean by that is, I think it has to do with content when it was released. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two play big parts for me. When you say content, what kind of content? It has to have the joy of the season in it. Okay. In some manner. If it's comedy, if it's horror, if it's, I mean, horror is weird, but there's genre, <laughs> the, there's a whole genre of like Christmas horror movies, which is like Black just, Christmas and yeah. Santa Jaws and yeah. just things that aren't my thing. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, there's and there's one movie that I really enjoy, and it's of the, um, the Family Man. Yeah. And I mean, granted, it takes place during Christmas. Right. But I I personally don't know. I, I don't know if it's a Christmas movie. Some people would say it's a Christmas movie because, I mean, you have the holiday parties, New Year's, the whole thing. You know, it's all happening during that time of year. Yeah. But I personally don't know if it's a Christmas. Now, I watch it anywhere between after Halloween to the New Year. Yeah. See, your your window is shrinking. The more you talk, the more is shrinking as far as what you consider, personally considered a, a Christmas film. And The Family Man, which you've brought up as, you know, kind of one of your favorite movies, that's just um, a derivative of It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. which I would argue is 
like the Christmas movie. Like that goes hand in hand with Christmas. It's a wonderful life, but there's no Santa. There's no, you know, it takes place during Christmas. And uh, it's a, it's about a guy, you know, a gar- having a guardian angel and he's down on his luck. And it's very kind of a depressing film. Yeah. yeah. Um, so much so I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> yeah. So but that is definitely a Christmas movie, in my opinion. So do you do you consider It's a Wonderful Life to be a Christmas movie? As much as like Charlie Brown and Rudolph, I guess, are, you know, it's 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 one of those ones that we grew up. It's just, it's automatically one. Yeah, it's like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. It's like right. It's it's one of those types. There's a Christmas movie. If it's more of a family film, then you're a little easier on it. But if it's more of a a drama that has themes that are more adult related, it, does it? Do you find it hard to classify it as a Christmas movie? I never thought of that, but probably. Yeah. If it's if it's a movie that it cannot be enjoyed by the whole family, right? It's harder to call it a Christmas movie because Christmas movies, in my opinion, don't really deal with adult content. And I'm not talking adult situations. I'm just talking in general. Sure. Just like adult themes, stuff, you know, meat to chew on, you know, stuff that adults can talk about after the film, that kind of thing. I want to watch Elf was I, I was never I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan. Yeah. But I know Zach loves that slapstick comedy. Sure. So I am 100% sure when I sit down with Zach, he's going to love Elf. Yeah. Now, I may look at it differently after seeing it through his eyes, just like the, star, the original prequels in Star Wars. Right. I may enjoy it more that he enjoys it. Yeah. But and that, if I can sit down and watch, if I can sit down and watch something with Skylar. Yeah. That That's kind of how I look at what a holiday movie is. And Elf is an example and a great example, not only of a Christmas movie, but a movie that can be enjoyed by the entire family. There's not a lot of, you know, there are some family films, they're quote unquote family films, but they're really just targeted towards kids where the adults are just going to be yawning and not paying attention to the whole time. Like something like, I don't know, like an Angry Birds or something. I don't know. It's just something like an animated film that's not really geared towards the whole family. Then there are other films that... You know, of course, that adults want to watch and kids have no interest for. And but then there are, are certain swath of films. Star Wars is included in this where that's for all ages, like kids can eat it up. Adults can be nostalgic for it or just enjoy it outright. Uh, our friend John from The Basement Surge. I mean, he's fairly new to Star Wars, yet he ate up the Mandalorian like crazy, you know, because he was just loving it. Um, so st- some stuff is actually for all ages. Um, you and I, I think this is the biggest sticking point as far as what is classified as a Christmas movie is that in my opinion, it, it can be any genre. You can have a horror Christmas movie. You can have an action Christmas movie. You can have a raunchy comedy. That's a Christmas movie. You can have, um, you know, a kid's animated film. That's a Christmas movie. But, uh, I don't know. It's tough. There is one movie on this list where I can really argue for it. And, you know, it's it kind of goes back and forth each year. But you've come up, kind of come up with a uh, kind of a small list, a small batch of films that are considered by a lot of people to be Christmas films and a lot of people considered by a lot of people to not be Christmas films. They're very controversial, like you said. Yeah, it's real. It's, most people, it's yes or no. Yeah. There's no like thinking. And honestly, there's one on here, uh, Iron Man. I never thought of Iron Man 3 yeah. of being a Christmas movie. But apparently there's a, there's a scene where he's uh, Tony Stark is sitting next to one of his suits and Jingle Bells is playing. And he's kind of like the like kind of like Scrooge. Right. And that's kind of the character that he's person, you know, you know, being in that moment. And I'm like, that's a stretch for me. It said that's I don't I don't find any of the Marvel movies Christmas movies. 
And I would agree with you that Iron Man 3 being considered a Christmas movie is a stretch. I myself actually wouldn't classify Iron Man 3 as a Christmas movie. See, my my line varies. So I'm to have this conversation with you, there are some where I'm going to fight tooth and nail that it is a Christmas movie and others that where I'm, I can't. And some of them are very similar. But I mean, Iron Man 3, I will say it was uh, written and directed by a guy named Shane Black, who's been working in Hollywood forever and ever. And he wrote actually another movie on this list, Lethal Weapon. That's kind of his thing where the scripts that he writes, uh, almost all of his movies take place around Christmas, (laughs) even though they're like like adult action drama comedy things. Um, none of them would be considered family films. I mean, the guy did Predator for Pete's sake. Um, <laughs> they're uh, they're they're around Christmas time. So Lethal Weapon's another one. It's it takes place around Christmas. So you know people have Christmas lights. You know the the main action sequence. Uh, Gary Busey drives a car through the family's living room and their Christmas tree. You know, so so Christmas is used as kind of a set dressing. But it also has themes of coming together, uh, of family. You know, Mel Gibson's character, he lost his wife, and its he's desperate, and he's lost faith in God and himself and his life, and he almost checks out at the beginning of the film. But he finds a, a partner and a friend and a, and a family that actually embraces him and brings him into the house, which that sort of story and storytelling mechanism of somebody who's lost and then found by the power of, like, family... That's like, that screams Christmas to me. <laughs> so, yeah, But that's not specific just to Christmas. That can be year round. Yeah, that's I true. I mean, that can be someone that's just a, you know, a, a junkie in the middle of, you know, Christmas. Yeah. And, you know, it's cleaned up and somebody helps them and they, they find them all the way through like Thanksgiving. You know, yeah. that, that can be a Thanksgiving theme. That could be, you know, a Fourth of July theme. And that, I mean, that, 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 that theme there is universal. Right. That's true. That's true. We'll get into it towards the end of this list. But what are some other films? Uh, well, real quick, the two that we already talked about, and this is a sticking point for me as well, on, in my mindset, when I don't think they were intended to be Christmas movies, is Iron Man was released in May, and Lethal Weapon was released in March. Right. So, with my definition in my head, were they intended to be Christmas movies? I would argue that neither of these were intended to be Christmas movies that yeah. we already spoke of. And my argument there, I, I share a different point of view where I don't listen to a marketing team determining when they're going to make the most money during the year to tell me what's a Christmas movie or not. <laughs> but if the marketing team knows it's going to be a holiday movie, they purpo- at least now, yeah. they purposely wait until November or later to release the film to get the biggest buck out of it. Even if it's a your typical you know, summer blockbuster. Like for instance, Top Gun was going to be released during the holiday season. Christmas right. is almost as big a time now as the summer months. The summer months have kind of fizzled. Yeah. If you think about it. So, I mean, granted, we're going back for, you know, Lethal Weapon in uh, what, 87. Right. So uh, that was, <laughs> ah, we're aging ourselves. Yeah. Uh, it goes back a little ways. But, I mean, Iron Man was in 13. So, I mean, if, if they were going to consider that an actual holiday movie, I th- now, granted, they were on a weird release schedule because they were, they were pumping out movies like crazy for their timelines. Yeah. So I don't think they could have delayed it. Right. But I mean, that, like I said, that's that just kind of one of the, the sticking points I put in there for a holiday movie. So you don't believe that a holiday movie that's released and not intended to be a holiday movie, even though if people watch it around the holidays after it's hit home video and it becomes a tradition for them, it's not a it's not a holiday movie. There's a difference between a traditional uh, family movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And what is a holiday movie? So I can sit down and go in the living room and I can watch Batman Begins. And it's something, say, me and Zach will start watching every year this time of year. 
Right. But that's not a Christmas movie. Right. Well, yeah, I know Batman Begins isn't a Christmas movie. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just using I'm using Batman's as a beginning. I'm using that one as an example because there's there's no way that's a Christmas movie. Yeah. But if me and him start watching uh, Gremlins every year, because that's another one on our list, I would I would agree with the list. That is a an off genre Christmas movie. Now I watched that with my four year old daughter this year, which makes me twisted, and they all loved it. But there was a scene in the movie I wasn't prepared for. Yeah. And it put me into full freaking scrambled daddy mode yeah let's hear about this oh man when she is explaining to when she found out when santa phoebe cates his character yeah 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 the whole explanation on why she doesn't believe in santa claus with her with her dad and the chimney and yeah if you've seen the movie you know what we're talking about yeah so all of a sudden i'm getting questioned by zach i'm like oh no because i've already i've already explained away the gremlins yeah this is a movie this is for fun then he starts asking me about Santa. I'm like, dude, just like the Gremlins, it's all in the movie. Yeah. Don't don't play anything more into it. It's just the movie. It's like a book. It's all it is. And Janessa looks at me in amazement sometimes. Right. Because when I get into scramble mode, I think so fast on my feet, <laughs> it amazes her. And I'm doing it so much, I'm seeing her up her game. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, that movie there, I, I wasn't prepared for that. Right. But they loved the gremlin getting blown up in the microwave or yeah. being put in a blunder. I mean, they just they loved that whole thing. And that movie there would fall more into the horror type category of a Christmas movie than really a family Christmas movie. OK, so Iron Man 3, was that in your opinion, is that or is that not a Christmas movie? No, I don't think okay. there's anything. I mean, if they really, really want to like harp on that one scene that there's nothing more besides that one scene that and it's going to take more than just sitting on the couch hearing jingle bells with a beer in your hand or you know the thing of scotch three okay so i'm just trying to determine what the differences are because in my mind it's hard to justify you calling iron man 3 not a christmas film but gremlins is well the whole thing the mogway was a christmas gift okay he was a gift that happened so the whole movie was based around a christmas gift that was given Okay. And then he got wet, and he turned into many. Then they got fed, and it just there was just too much Christmas for you to deny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah. That's. I mean, it was okay. Christmas was that. too integral to the plot. Yeah. If, if okay. the whole story is tied around a Christmas story, right? That's when I have no way of actually disputing it. And, okay. And Gremlins is one of those ones that it, the Christmas is so intertwined to the whole story itself. Yeah. There's no disputing it. Okay, but then something like Lethal Weapon, even though it's got the same number of Christmas decorations up that Gremlins did, because of the fact that Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh could form a bond and relationship anytime outside of the Christmas season, and that's the heart of the film, it's not too dependent on being Christmas time itself, then that doesn't count as a Christmas film. Yeah, it could happen on a beach in June. I mean, it was just, it just it happened to be a Christmas tree in certain areas, and every now and then you hear things, okay. so... Okay. All right. Well, I'll give you that. I can grant you that. That's okay. All right. I'm starting to get a better picture of what uh, what does and doesn't count. And Gremlins is its own monster, man. Pardon the pun, but like, it is crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's a scary family film. It's. I mean, I would be. It's kind of. It's considered a comedy. It's considered a horror. It's kind of considered a family film because like Gizmo's so cute and it's. <laughs> yep. You know, it's, it was beloved by kids of the '80s. You know, kids that are even a bit older than us. But it's it's scary, man. Like you were taking a chance by showing it to to your kids, and you had to like sidestep and do some quick thinking to. But like you said, I mean, they loved it. They, they wanted to watch it again immediately. It's like, mm, no, let's, let's take it. <laughs> I'm, we're not rewatching this. 
Yeah, another one of the lists, and you you mentioned Batman already uh, with your example, but Batman Returns takes place during the Christmas season. This one I kind of want to recuse myself from. Uh, Okay. And the reason why is, in my opinion, that is the worst Batman ever made. Mm, I I can't sit through it. I can't watch it. I don't like seeing clips of Danny DeVito as Penguin. Yeah. I don't like seeing Catwoman. I like nothing about this film. Right. So I, my <laughs> inkling says no, but I haven't seen it in so long. It's almost like my Air Force One of Batman. Okay. Well, to me, it's a Batman film first, and to me, I would classify it as Christmas film. It's definitely not a – the funny thing is it's not really a family film. It's not appropriate for kids. The 89 Batman was the hottest property ever, and Warner Brothers just uh, gave Tim Burton a dump truck full of money and just said, hey, do whatever you want, to their own chagrin, because then they made Happy Meal toys with the Penguin and Catwoman, and Catwoman was way too sexy for kids to be into, <laughs> and dressed in, you know, and on all her leather-bound vinyl and everything, and then, um, you know, Penguin was this uh, child murderer, <laughs> and that's the film that Tim Burton made. Um, so it was uh, actually a big controversy at the time because they had all this licensing done up with Happy Meal toys and everything, and it just kind of backfired on it because the film is really not appropriate for younger audiences. But it does take it's it's Christmas time in Gotham. There's snow falling in almost every scene. You know the the penguin is uh, there, and you got that kind of Arctic feeling. You've got him looking for his family, even though it's kind of a ruse, like he knows who his family is. You know, there's Christmas is mentioned throughout. There's a big tree lighting ceremony in the middle of the film. So Christmas is like permeated throughout the film. And that's one of my rules. As long as it's an intricate part of the film, yeah, I would accept it. It's the only reason I'm not doing anything with this one here is I just can't stand you just hate the movie. The film. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, another Tim Burton uh, film that a lot of people watch around this time of year is one that I kind of forgot took place around Christmas. I don't know. It's kind of a year because there are film there are scenes that take place during the summertime. I know when he's like doing the topiary in the front yard and everything. But Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. What do you think about that one? Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my memory is very vague on this one here. Now, this one here falls into my category, though. It, they released it in the middle of December. So it makes me think that there was some type of inkling that they were kind of at least given that feeling. Yeah. That it may have some type of holiday feel to it. I mean, like I said, this one this one's hard for me to talk about as well because it's been so it's been long. so long. But some people loved it. I will say there are some – I kind of draw a line with some of these movies where people do bring them out in December because they have maybe some Christmas scenes in them, like an Edward Scissorhands or even like the Harry Potter films. Some people think all the Harry Potter films are uh, Christmas movies because they all wind up having some type of uh, right. you know, celebration. Cause they, how it happens during the winter months. Yeah, well, it takes place – it's basically an entire school year. So they'll they'll have like a Halloween – a few scenes during Halloween time, a few scenes during like Christmas break, and the Hogwarts is all done up for Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Um, But I myself, because it does take place over an entire school year, and Edward Scissorhands does have scenes that take place in the summer. It's kind of a long, drawn-out story. I don't consider them – myself, I don't consider them Christmas movies. Yeah, no, I I have a hard time, you know, buying into that one as well. Yeah. And there's another one here that, I mean – if it wasn't for this list, I would ne- I would have never even thought of. What's that? The Sound of Music. Oh, okay. Is that one? I mean, I I don't think of I don't think of Christmas at all with that. I think in the dance, you know, dancing through, you know, green fields and hills and everything. Right. I I don't find that one to be Christmas at all. I wonder if there's a reason behind. It was on TV around Christmas so much, but a lot of the movie has elements of Christmas. First of all, singing. 
They're deck the halls through the technical. Yeah, no, sorry. Just singing the flipping music and it being on TV around Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's the loosest version of what a Christmas movie is. So, so to me, to you and I both, basically, Sound of Music doesn't count. We've already touched on Harry Potter, and, and these are similar. The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, another kind of fantasy film, has a lot of wintry, Christmassy elements, but I wouldn't necessarily, you know, just because it's a fantasy film that has Christmas elements to it, I wouldn't consider it a holiday film. I would, I, oh, I did, forgot about this one here, but I fall on the other side of the fence on this one. Okay. Because uh, Father Christmas is actually in the film. So he's actually in towards the end of the film. He's the one that gives, you know, the three characters their sword, their... Uh, oh, I'd forgotten about that. Okay. Yeah, so he gives them all their weapons. They bow and arrow. I think another one's like a, a liquid that helps you know, bring someone back or something right. like that. And he's the one that they jump on his sled that's being pulled by like jackrabbits. Yeah. Away from the queen. And it all happens in the winter months. I mean, granted, because the, the, the ice queen or whatever she was froze basically Narnia. Yeah. And it was up to them, you know, bringing them back. And Father Christmas was the one that actually helped them bring everything, you know, come around. So release date, December 9th, 2005. That also lines up with your that was, intent. That was, that was intentional because also yeah. it has a lot of faith underlines in it. I see. Because you have uh, Aslan, the lion, who was actually the god figure. Right. And then the queen, the ice queen, was actually the demon figure. Yeah. So there's a lot of like Christian faith under undertones in oh, this sure. movie. So not only does it hit Santa and all that winter, but it also has that that faith undertone in it as well. And it wasn't something I thought about for a while until I started looking into this. But I I, I can actually buy that one. As okay. Christmas so movie. that's so that's too much Christmas for you to deny. <laughs> another yeah, example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one. It's 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 and it's not all really in your face. Yeah, you got to kind of sit back and look for it a little bit in this one here, right? And once you 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 someone points a few things out, it's very easy to see them. Sure, there's a lot of like faith based allegory and stuff. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I, you you convinced me. I came around to that. I was thinking it was more in line with the Harry Potter films, just kind of straight up fantasy. But yeah, that's it's a fantasy series that's based with a lot of underlying Christian themes. So that makes sense. Yeah. Now this one alone, I mean, there's like the uh, the Night Trader, and there's, there's a few other films. That don't fall into that. This will be the yeah. only one of that series that would fall into that Christmas movie genre. So we touched on it in the beginning of the conversation, and their movie is not on this list. But what do you think about like the gory slasher horror movie films that that definitely they like take place on Christmas Eve, and like the slasher is like dressed up in a Santa suit, and the the movie cover is like Christmas lights and a and a corpse on the cover. Are those Christmas movies? Not in my opinion, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're 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 trying to cash in on the holidays. Yeah. And I'll give them a big no. I mean, okay, if you walk into an adult store and she's wearing nothing but a Christmas hat, is that a Christmas movie? Christmas hat and some red lingerie. Does that make it a Christmas movie? With a tree behind her. Uh yeah, yeah, to me, yeah. It's just a <laughs> Christmas movie of a different genre, my friend. But that is too much Christmas for me to deny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's being too she's being too jolly to her fellow man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tis the season to be merry. Oh, oh boy, jingle balls, jingle bells. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, this is tough, man, because a lot of these people have such varied opinion on, and it, it's tough because you and I, a lot of these, we fall into the same 
idea towards it. A lot of them we differ, and it's hard to back up your argument because there's a lot of counterpoints. Okay, here's here's a franchise that's near and dear to our heart. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show in the future, but Rocky, the Rocky series, we love it. A lot of it has to take place around the holidays. The first movie, Apollo and Rocky, uh, there's some scenes that um, take place during Christmas, you know, where Paulie starts bashing the house with the baseball bat and, you know, the Christmas turkey and stuff, some dramatic stuff. And then in Rocky IV, the main fight against Ivan Drago actually takes place Christmas Day. So what are you thinking? Is Rocky Four a Christmas movie? I, I mean, the only thing Christmas with that movie is when they show his uh, son and family back at home in Philly. Yeah. Watching it on TV. And you can tell in that environment it's a Christ- it's Christmas time. Right. But he's in Russia from October doing CrossFit in the snow. It's very snowy. Yeah, it's Christmassy. <laughs> there, I mean... The Rocky theme song doesn't spell doesn't doesn't scream jingle bells. <laughs> I, I I have a hard time with this one. I really yeah. do. Just because I mean, if they were if they were training in Philly, yeah, and he was running by the churches and everything, and you've seen the lights and the wreaths and houses, you know, you know, like, like the first one, like he was training in the streets, right? If you got if you if you're able to get that, I would be able to say yes. But here with him living basically in a barn out in the woods in Russia. Training for this fight, I have a hard time, hard time, you know, accepting this as a Christmas movie. Yeah, the Rocky series almost more than any other one. You know, it's another thing where the stories and then they tend to take place over a long period of time. You know, like Rocky was training for months and months normally. And I know in that first one and throughout a lot of them, he's, you know, leading up to a fight that's kind of months away. There's a lot of drama. Um, they have you know, scenes that take place in and around Christmas. And I wouldn't blame anybody, save the father and son. This is a typical movie for them to to watch traditionally in the month of December because they just love the Rocky series and they have those few scenes. And I wouldn't fault them at all or for families to like bring this out tr- and make this a holiday movie watching tradition. But yeah, it's kind of tough to call the movie specifically a Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah, And it falls in that category, like I said before, if me and Zach just start watching Batman Begins in December every year. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it becomes a tradition. It becomes a family tradition, not a holiday movie. Okay, so here is the piece de resistance. I mean, here is the film that so many people are divided on. It's the one that tops the list every year. Of course, we got to talk about Die Hard. All right, so let's set this up. I definitely consider Die Hard a Christmas movie, and you do not. I do not. If you could elaborate, for me, this fits, fits in a category where there's just too much Christmas to deny. Okay, then sell it. I, I want to hear you sell it. Okay. Get, get on, stand up as a lawyer, put that tie on, put your coffee <laughs> down, start pacing in front of the judge. I, I want to see. All right, besides the fact that actually today there was an article released where John McTiernan, the director, officially stamps the Christmas label on it. He considered it a Christmas movie, the, the director. There are some points against it. It was released in the summer, so I'll, I'll give you that. But to me, like I said, necessarily, that doesn't mean it's not a Christmas film. I mean, back to front, it just it takes place on Christmas Eve. You know, the guy is a cop from New York. His wife went out months ago because her career is taking off. She moves out to L.A. There's a divide between this family. He hasn't seen her or, you know, their kids in months. He's trying to reconcile. Reconciliation is actually a big theme in Christmas and a Christmas Carol in particular. Ebenezer Scrooge is a dick. He's made a lot of mistakes in his life. And reconciling with the people in his life, it's, you know, that's not necessarily exclusively a Christmas theme. Like you mentioned earlier, you can reconcile with people any time of the year. 
But reconciliation takes place in a lot of holiday-themed movies because I think it's because it's forced. It's it's a time where you're forced to be with your family, a, a time where you're you're forced to be with people you're not necessarily forced to be with at any other time of the year. You see them, and and a, and a lot of families have a lot of issues where they either continue the cycle of having the same feelings that they live with the rest of the year, or they take Christmas time as an opportunity to just share in the love and joy of being together um, and reconciling. So, like I said, reconciliation, not necessarily exclusively to Christmas movies, but it takes place in a lot of them. And this has it in spades. And this is what the whole, this is what drives the whole plot of the film. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, there's a lot of action. It's an action movie, okay? It's arguably the greatest action movie of all time. And I don't think you would uh, deny uh, top that. Gun. that. Top Gun. Top Argu- Gun. I can't put I, Die Hard in front of you. I, I, I did can't say <laughs> arguably, arguably, okay? But you are a fan of Die Hard, are you not? Yeah, I, I enjoy Die Hard, yes. Yeah, okay. So that is the crux of the film. So, he, you know, he lands in L.A. It's Christmas Eve. He wants to see his wife. He wants to see his kids. There's the theme of reconciliation throughout. It's about him winning his wife back after just screwing up royally for for months and months. He gets to Nakatomi Plaza. They're having a Christmas party. So another ding for Christmas. There's Christmas trees everywhere. Another ding for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas trees. Um, you know, the the there's Christmas songs on the soundtrack. Uh, there's... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to stop the train right here. Okay. There's Christmas songs on the soundtrack. Yes. Dude, the, we're, the, we're, the, we're going to exclude soundtracks from this argument. Move forward, sir. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Give me a reason. <laughs> and I don't mean the CD that you buy that has Christmas songs on it, although that would be a valid argument. But throughout the movie, there is, I mean, it opens up with Argyle Limo Driver playing John McClane Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. It's so... And there's uh, other um, Christmas music sprinkled throughout. The the finale of the film, after John is reconciled with Holly and they're driving off in that same limo, you get papers flying off from the exploded building, all these Barabons that Hans Gruber failed to steal. They're flying through the air looking like snow. And the uh, very Christmassy, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, is playing as they drive off, you know, kissing in the back seat. Uh, incredibly Christmassy. So, uh, ho, 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 I have a machine gun, you know, it's scrolled on the dead body. So, in my opinion, there's just too much Christmas to deny. It takes place during Christmas Eve, and all, everything I've just said, it just happens to have a whole lot of ass-kicking action in it. But it fails in one of my vital categories. Let's hear it. Family film. Yeah. See, that's where we're, we're going to differ. Family film. It's not, it's not, I, my, I cannot sit down in the living room, definitely with my seven-year-old son, and I know I'm going to hear yippee ki motherfucker. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hear it. I can't have him hear that because I'm going to hear that for like a week. Okay. Well, that, I have a counterpoint. I have a counterpoint. Okay. So in that case, that excludes Die Hard from being a, a Christmas film. How about the one that we are neglecting here? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Christmas is in the title. Definitely not family film, sir. You're not going to sit down with Zach and watch Christmas. I vacation. watch it with Zach and Skyler every year. That's not a family film. There's so much thing. There is so many. <laughs> it's like watching Shrek. Okay, I'll use, I'll use Shrek as my my argument. Okay, it's like watching Shrek with him. He sees them driving out to cut the Christmas tree down. Yeah, he doesn't understand what's going on with uh, Clark and when she's like, "I want to be alive," and then they crash the car. Right. Or when the daughter can't feel her legs, he sees them cutting down the tree. Sure. Or when, uh, you know, there, there's so many, there's so many adult, like, undertones in that movie that kids don't understand. It's like a kid sitting in the living room during holidays and adults yeah. are talking. The kids aren't registering what the adults are talking about. 
All right. So when Chevy Chase is in the department store talking to the uh, one hot clerk, and you can't see the line, can you, Russ? Uh, later in the uh, movie where he's envisioning her by the pool, totally undressing. Uh, later in the movie when he's going on a, on a profanity-written tirade about that's how his boss screwed him over. Yeah. So definitely not appropriate for kids. There's, and I okay. think outside the two, the two scenes, I'll, I'll give you. The yeah. pool scene when she's coming up and she's like, he's pitching her naked. Right. And the the mall. Those two there, there there's no hiding that. Merry Christmas, shitter's fool. <laughs> Zach laughs at that. Sure he does. <laughs> it's funny. It's not a family film. Oh, Like I said, though, I think there's a lot. There's no way to hide Die Hard. There, there's, there's no way to hide it. It is what it is. And because there's, there's no other, there's nothing to distract them. Them popping open the tree in the living room or Chevy falling off the house. Right. There's so much other slapstick comedy happening in it yeah. that a younger kid is going to see past or not notice what else is going on when the adults are finding or laughing because they find something else funny. All right. See, it's uh, the argument is varied. There, you know, according to Chris, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a uh, film for all ages. According to me, no, not so much. But uh, you can I, see over our conversation where the lines are blurred, where they fall. Um, I'm curious to think what our listeners think about these choices. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to lose on a lot of these with our listeners. <laughs> I'm pretty certain. <laughs> Oh man, that, that that was fun. So, what do you say? You know, we get on that sled after I done greased it up, <laughs> jump on that hill, and just shoot into oblivion into that cheesy. What do you think? Let's do it. So, because of the holiday season, I'm in a giving mood for uh, some some dad joke Christmas style. Okay, uh, I'm gonna start with one. What do you call a broke Santa? Uh, I don't know. What do you call a broke Santa? Saint Nicholas. <laughs> nope, no crickets there. I liked it. <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> okay, I figured you're gonna laugh at one. Uh, do you want to go ahead? Do you, do you have one or do you have two? I have one, so let's make it a dad joke sandwich here. Go for it. Uh, what do you get when you eat Christmas decorations? What do you get? Tinselitis. No, I'm not laughing at that. Nope. Oh! No. No, I'm not laughing at that. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Tinselitis. Okay. Oh, man. That was rough. Okay. This one's going to be rough. <laughs> what do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their games in a hotel lobby? Oh, God. That's. I don't know what the hell you call that. <laughs> Chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. Oh, okay. Boy, okay. You were in that one. All right. Like I said, one's going to be a funny one. One's going to be a na- like a, a groaner. That was a groaner. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Merry Christmas. You get crickets. Uh, <laughs> Got to go out the year with at least one set. <laughs> so that's going to be it for this episode. And that's going to be it for 2020 for the Dad and Rock podcast. We'll be back after the holiday break. It's been an incredible year, a crazy year. I know I don't have to tell you guys, you listeners out there, what it's been like this year. Yeah. Um, but it's been a fun year for me and Chris actually growing this podcast, you know, starting the vodcast portion of it, um, interacting with you guys on on Twitter and, and a few of you on Twitch starting up. So it's been crazy just uh, doing this thing and, and growing the podcast from our measly beginnings, those first few episodes. We've gotten better and better. I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday, and I can't wait to talk to you again in 2021. 
yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you guys enjoy the time with your family. Uh, if you're just staying home, you know, figure out a way to make it as normal as you possibly can and, and stay safe. I think that's important for everyone this year. You know, hopefully the end of this is within sight. And uh, next year we can actually enjoy everyone's presence like uh, we have in past years. So join us on dadnarock.com. You're going to find past episodes and you'll find links to our T Public shop and links to all of our social media pages, including YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. So go ahead and join us on there and we will catch you next year. Okay. Well, you guys have a happy holiday and see you next year. Bye. See ya. Peace. Don't throw me down, Clark. I'll try not to, Aunt Bethany.